So I think I need a new podcast greeting the Hello Coffee Drinkers thing. It's always been a thing since the vlog, since the daily vlog of uh, all, all way back when, when the uh, when the Earth was still calling all the, all those years ago in 2017, and people were messaging me. They were saying, "Hey, I'm you know sit down in the morning with my coffee and." watch the vlog and it became the coffee drinker thing that has since kind of i don't know it's out there a little bit but i think i need a new greeting for the podcast give me some feedback on that um let's see this is the first podcast i'm hosting at substack if you haven't been following i moved my mailing list i moved a bunch of stuff to substack.com it's yannickwasdala.substack.com and it's it's a blog. It's uh, it's all kind of going old school again. I started like my journey with the internet started with podcasting in wh- whenever that became a thing, two thousand six, two thousand seven, somewhere around there. Obviously, very infrequently, very low tech. Had an old Apple laptop. Didn't even have a microphone. Just used the internal mic, and you know prattled away for half an hour played a little bit of music it was kind of a lesson it was kind of recommending some music uh that i was listening to telling some stories that was 15 years ago and here we are back at it um not only the podcast but back at the blog again i used to write a blog all the time um when i used to have like an old wordpress website and so substack is kind of facilitating all of that in one place, I recently deleted Facebook and Twitter. Although, riddle me this, um, I I was looking in the back end of Facebook. Annoyingly, you need a Facebook account in order to administer the ad side, uh, in order to have like Instagram ads and stuff like that, and I guess Facebook ads as well. So you have to keep some sort of back end going. But the front end, I was under the impression, is all gone. It's all, like nobody should be able to see that. Yet when I logged in to go look at some ad uh, stats in, in in the in the dashboard. I was shown my regular Facebook notifications, and there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. It was my birthday a few days ago, and it told me that hundreds of people had posted on my timeline, at wishing me happy birthday. I guess it all happened on November nineteenth. Yet I couldn't see any of that, so I can't see my Facebook. Thankfully, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see Facebook at all. But apparently, several hundred people could still see it and were able to comment on my timeline. So I don't know what's going on there. Do I still have, I guess I should just log out and search Yannick Wasdala Facebook. That'd be the quickest way. But can you see me on Facebook? That was not the plan. The plan was to get rid of it all. So hopefully <coughs> I'll be able to facilitate that completely. I'm sitting here because I've just done, As you, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget, I do put the video of the podcast up on YouTube now, so you can go check that out in visual form. Uh, over my left shoulder, I did actually get my bookshelves kind of a little bit more organized in the backdrop of the video, and all of these books here, I wrote all these books. All those books over there are like uh, 20 books or something now we're up to. They're, those are my physical copies, like author copies that I get from Amazon, physical copies. They're up there. They, I thought they might be... Um, kind of a nice look in the backdrop of the video and I found for everyone watching on YouTube I found an old copy of this I wonder if anyone has been around following me since this was a thing Um, for those of you listening I'm holding up an old copy of You're a Musician Now What it's a book uh, oh and the byline is uh, How to Thrive in Financial and Creative Freedom as a Musician Modern Day Skill Sets Essential to Success in the Music Business holy shit that was 
2011, 2012, something like that. It's been about a decade. This book is so out of date. There are, you know, how to, I, I was just going to open it and find something that's completely out of date because uh, there's going to there has to be a link to something in here that's that you just think oh like Friendster or, or MySpace or something. I'm already seeing like okay optimized press. I'm seeing all these things that were relevant back then. WPE member functionality for your WordPress site. Maybe that still exists, but I would never use it. Um, easy peasy one click back. There are so many things that are so out of date. Conceptually, the book was totally accurate at the time. And I did get a lot of good feedback about people who were using the information and were um, starting their journey online and, and becoming you know financially independent as a result of their art, which was exactly what the book was designed to. But as I was sorting out my shelves, I found this old copy and I thought, ah, oh, man, this needs an update. It's to, if, if, you know, probably just needs completely rewriting. Never mind. Uh, never mind an update. And it made me think a little bit about my journey and all those things, the blog, the podcast, and how that kind of parlayed into Yannick Space Studio and the e-store and now how it's kind of coming full circle back around with the with, with my the start of my journey a few days ago on Substack with the blog and the podcast being hosted in the same place. But everyone who's been getting my emails on Substack this week, I guess I got to apologize because I know it has been a little bit gratuitous, like the, hey, I'm moving over here. Hey, I'm here. Hey, here's the first post. Here's the second post. Here's the third post. And holy shit, now you're listening to a freaking podcast and it's only been four days. So I know that is a little bit high intensity in terms of the email traffic of mine into your inbox. Um, I'm going to find the balance. Maybe it's not every day. Maybe it's every other day. Maybe it's four times a week. Let's Let's figure it out. Give me feedback on that. Um, go over to the Substack and and comment on this. This is one of the free posts. Substack does uh, allow me to charge for certain things and to have paywalls and have paid subscribers, free subscribers. So I'm really at the very beginning of that journey of figuring it all out. But I'd love your feedback on it. So far, it's been really positive um, for everyone who commented and chimed in and sent emails and communications. That's awesome. I really appreciate that. It's always nice to see. It's always nice to do a bunch of hard work and put it out there and for people to go like, oh, yeah, we're into this and we're with you. And you don't even – it's not even like that the we're into this thing. It's like, hey – good on you kind of thing like we're with you like let's see where this goes like people are up for the journey whether they like every you know individual piece of uh, information i'm putting out there or not people seem to be up for the journey and up for the new kind of uh, the, the investigation of the new platform new to me anyway i know there are a lot of people who are already on substack and it was very easy for them to participate because they understood the platform immediately and how it all works um so thank you thank you thank you thank you for the support on all of that and really very psyched to be doing that going forward um before we get too deep into the podcast i'm going to steal 30 seconds of your time because it's thanksgiving here in the u.s november late november which means black friday sales black friday cyber monday all of that stuff we're going absolutely bonkers this year um with the with the sales for the first time ever anyone watching you see this whole library over my left shoulder we've actually bundled the entire book library at yannickwasdala.com and 
giving it a 50% discount. So that is, you don't even need a discount code or anything. It's automatically on sale for 50% off. It's all in one bundle, one download. You can get that at yannickwistala.com right now. It's linked below in the description of the YouTube video, in the show notes of the podcast. And you can simply go to yannickwistala.com and see all the information about our Black Friday sale. If you already have some of the books, which I'm sure some, some of you do, and maybe you're only interested in getting one or two things, um, 2022 black friday 2022 you can get base 22 uh g-e-t-b-a-s-s-2-2 is the coupon code to get 22 percent off any other item in the store that includes all the albums that are on the website now the hx stomp the line six presets and of course all the individual books and other book bundles um there's a ton of new stuff i really want to do a separate episode of the podcast about this and about the process i made a post about it on uh substack today you can go read that uh in 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 a lot of depth it it was in depth about a specific song and a specific part of the archival process but i want to talk more about how i film every night when i'm on the road when i'm on tour i often do it when i'm in the studio um I do it on, you know, video shoots. I kind of, I always tend to have my own camera rolling no matter what I'm doing when I'm creating art, when I'm playing music um, and when I'm working professionally. And as a result, I get to go back and review a lot of that stuff. I get to, um, you know, scan over if it's, you know, in the hotel the same night as the show. I've got this really recent memory of how I thought the show uh, was and whether there were certain problem points or certain points that I thought were great, I can scan over that material, that video and audio in the hotel before I back up all the files uh, to an external hard drive and wipe my SD card. And I want to do a, 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 a podcast dedicated to that and the benefits of it because they are pretty huge. And you're one of the byproducts. Uh, not only is it useful information for me, and that's primarily why I do it, that has always been the main reason is I want to see the real versus feel. You've heard me talk a little bit that, about that before on previous episodes. What is real versus feel? And, and the, the feel um, element is our perception of how we play. It's like your memory and how you think the gig went. Like you off stage, you're in the green room or you're back at the hotel afterwards and you're like, oh man, that was a great gig and this song was awesome and that was great. And, blah, blah, blah. and then you check the videotape and you're like, oh, okay. The, re- the real is a little different from the feel and the, the audio and the video will never bullshit you. They will never allow your ego to take over because they will give you the stark reality of what actually happened on the gig versus what you felt happened on the gig. And quite often, you know, it, you, you, you have a f- good feeling about a show for a reason and, and, and often you're, you're, the, the older you get, the more experience you have, uh, at least for me, I think my perception of the gig is pretty accurate. They, they're never fully aligned, but I know when it's a good gig, I know when it's in a bad gig. I know when there were huge mistakes and I know when there were like high points and points of, points of uh, curiosity and open-mindedness and honesty leading the performance, you know. Uh, but it's the, the details. and Like, how did you get there? What actually happened in that moment? What was the real versus the feel? And that is the, always been the primary reason uh, for, for filming every night when I play. And I heard the real versus feel thing uh, from Tiger Woods on an instructional video on YouTube. I think tailor-made clubs were making. I've referenced that before. That was where I heard the phrase, real versus feel. Uh, I 
I'd just always been doing it. I'd never heard it put that way. And Tiger put it very eloquently in terms of his golf swing. Like what's the reality versus what he feels. You know, the ball has to go 173 yards and it has to fade and it's, you know, into the wind. Like That's the reality. Now, what's the feel? Like what does he need to feel in order to execute that shot? Or if the shot went wrong, why was the feel so different from what it needed to be in reality? So I, you know, conceptually that was i thought a very eloquent way of putting it and it's something i've always done with music and i know i'm not alone in that you know there are uh i've got to ask him actually I'll, next time i see him, i'm going to ask him dave weckl is kind of known for back in the day and i think you can see like old footage of the chicory electric band where he has the video camera next to him i think he's really known for filming his performance and going back and like looking at the angles and you know how his technique was and making massive improvements in that not even massive making small improvements over time to make a massive difference in his uh, ability as a musician and his ability to perform and interact more efficiently with the musicians on stage so i'd always heard those stories about dave Uh, i'm sure he's not the only person that's ever done that i'm sure i'm not the only person that's ever done this um and i think it's something that deserves going into depth way more about on a podcast do like a 30 40 minute episode about it and have some examples for you um i think that would be it'd be interesting to me to to put it together and to have some really different examples from different points in my career um and a byproduct of doing that is that I get to have this unbelievably uh, comprehensive archive of reality, of everything I've done, of all the musical, of just all the experiences right there in in high definition for the most part, at least after 2012, um, and in color. And, you know, it's it's an amazing thing to share from an educational standpoint. And that's something I've been doing um, at yannickspacestudio.com since I got back from the Bob Reynolds tour. I've touched on it a little bit. I've mentioned a couple of things about it um, on the podcast, but really it's been a month of, it's been an insane amount of work. It's the most I've worked in this short period of time on the archive uh, for Yannick Space Studio in its, in its history. Or in fact, on my own, on the archive in general. Because what happens quite often is... I have all that information and, and I have all the shows, but they're in four gigabyte files. And it's not like I can go get a playlist of, let's see, a Benny Greb show in Bangkok, Thailand from 2018. You know, actually, <laughs> having said that, I think that's actually one of the shows that I edited. But let's say the, the night before that we played in Singapore, for instance, I know I haven't edited that show. So I can't go say, all right, Benny Greb 2018, song number three. You know, and that's what I've been doing this uh, this whole month. I started off by doing the entire Bob Reynolds tour. That was 123 songs. Uploaded that to the live archive on the Bass Studio. So if you're a member of the live uh, of the Bass Studio already, don't forget to go check that stuff out. I am updating the site all the time. I know I'm not the best at letting all the members know when there's an update, but um, that is changing, and I'm working kind of more and more more frequently and more consistently on. On, uh, on updating the students and, of course, just getting all this amazing uh, material up there so that you can benefit from it. So I did the 123 songs from Bob's tour and then I, I saw this hard drive and I was like, oh, shit, there's all the stuff from Japan with Tom Brechlein and George Whitty, the, the third rail trio we used to have. That was six concerts. So, boom, I edited those six concerts and threw them up there. And then I th- I saw that Benny Greb one in in uh, Bangkok, and I was just kind of running out of time because we went family vacation this week. And I was like, let me do one more show. So I did the Benny Greb show and threw it up there. I think that was one of the ones I did this month. Anyway, the upshot is I managed to add 170 videos to the archive. And it was, 
it was just a real eye-opener, of course, to go back over all that material and listen to it and be reminded of real versus feel. Um, and of course, the, the more the memory of the concert fades, at least for me, um, I think the, 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 the feel element, maybe you start to bullshit yourself about, oh, it was awesome, the whole tour was great. And then eh, you start to forget about certain details um, and certain you know train wrecks and uh, things that didn't quite go according to plan. Um, so I think it's healthy to remind myself of what needs doing, um, what needs improving, you know, how I can better populate my practice routine and and where my focus needs to be. Um, and today's, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll link the, 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 the latest Substack post in the show notes and in the description of the YouTube video, of course, because um, it's worth going to check out that story if you're at all interested in this process. Um, because I came to a kind of a sad realization that it was the penultimate song of the tour. So the tour was 12 shows over 20 days or 21 days. And we ended up playing 123 songs. And it wasn't until song number 122 that I actually found something. That I actually got to a point where I felt happy listening back to my playing. And so that latest Substack post deals with that whole story and that internal dilemma and struggle and how I deal with that. I'm not by any stretch of the imagination... Uh, looking for pity or or, 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 um, or anything like that at all. Um, it's just sharing the reality of what it is to do what, to do what I do and, um, and how I go about that process and how I manage that uh, from an anxiety standpoint, from a mental health standpoint, from a stress standpoint, from a day-to-day being on the road and being consistent standpoint, all of those things. So that's in the latest Substack post. Um, I'm, I should get to this because I, I want your feedback on this. I'm really conflicted about the whole paywall thing and the premium content and the paid subscriber thing. And, and there have been a, so many people that in the first couple of days of being on, on Substack with only one post reached out and uh, purchased a paid subscription to my newsletter, to what I'm currently calling the practice room. Let's see how that, that how long that lasts. It was just called Yannick's newsletter, which is what everyone's thing is called when they first sign up for accounts. So I wanted to get away from that generic thing. It's called the practice room. It's quite fitting. I spend a lot of my time in the practice room. I focus on the process quite a lot. So it seems fitting right now. Let's see. Let's see how long it lasts. But yeah, I'm a little conflicted about which things should be paid and which things shouldn't. And if even if any content should be exclusively for paid subscribers or whether paid subscribers are simply helping um, support the art and support the output output no matter what it's uh it's interesting the more i research how other people do it and some people do it like that they 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 just have everything is free if you want to go and read it there's no barrier to entry it is completely free but there is the option of a paid subscription it's just that paid subscription doesn't really uh, get you anything more in terms of content or material it it simply helps support the process and support the artist i.e me in this case um and then there are people whose substacks are entirely behind a paywall um and they're very successful i'm talking i'm looking at people who are very successful in doing this and by success i'm not looking at it like hey who's making the most money or who has the most subscribers by success i'm looking at it like who has the best conversation who's putting out 
the, the best, most useful material and who's like most inspired to do that on a regular basis. I think that's the key here. I think that's the thing I love about the format is I'm really inspired to write, to just sit down here at my desk and type away at the keyboard and, and just, ha- you know, be the only constraint is my imagination. And the, the only motivation is, you know, the only catalyst is my, are my thoughts. So that's really a departure from the, the algorithm and, and ad revenue driven um, business model of social media, of, uh, of Facebook and, and Twitch and, and all of these things, uh, Twitter and, and, and all of them. Um, and I wrote a post a couple of days ago about how, you know, no algorithm equals total honesty, which, which there is no algorithm with the sub stack. You know, it's, it's, it's on you. Like you put it out there and you know, people read it or they don't. I don't think anyone, I think maybe there's a, a leaderboard perhaps for, I, I see, I see that, uh, sometimes I'm still not fully aware of the entire spectrum of the platform, but I do see a leaderboard, which I guess is based, which I guess is based on how many subscribers or how many paid subscribers certain creators have. I hate the word creator. How certain, how I want to call them writers or artists. Let's put, let's use those words. Um, so there is somewhat of a leaderboard, which I guess will put you on the top of some sort of chart. So perhaps you are potentially more visible if people go and search for you through the, you know, through the Substack network, which is, I think, kind of how YouTube used to be before the algorithm was the, was the overlord, right? You would, you would want to rank high uh, in a category. You'd find a niche category and you'd want to rank high in the charts. It was, I guess, maybe how music used to be as well, right? You'd, you'd put out a record and you'd want to rank high in the billboard, you know, top 200 or top 100, top two, you'd want a number one hit, right? And that's how, people were that's how people were successful before it was all based on an, on an algorithm and ah yeah it's just really different it's i <laughs> one of the things i realized today is that you know one of the things i see a lot of people do every everyone who's successful on youtube basically i don't know any big channel that doesn't do this uh, they tinker with the title and the thumbnail of their post so if you go to like, uh, I think Rick Beato has talked about this before. I think so. Uh, he does it anyway. So why not use him as an example? Or anyway, Adam Neely. Adam Neely has definitely talked about it before because I talked to him about it on my podcast. Uh, we talked about transcribing the internet and figuring out how uh, YouTube works. And he's obviously figured it out with a bajillion subscribers and a career out of it now. Um, and he talked about, yes, in, in the first hour of posting your YouTube video, you tinker with the title, you tinker with the, with the thumbnail, and you aim to you know, get the attention of the algorithm and get suggested and, and pushed higher. And there's, not, there's, just, there's just none of that with Substack. Like, I'll never alter the title of a post ever. There's no need. The title is what I want to call it, what makes most sense at that moment, what makes sense with the, with the material contained within the post, and that's it. The thumbnail, I want to be aesthetically pleasing, and that's my taste. Uh, I don't want it to be, I don't want to guess, have to guess the taste of an algorithm or guess the taste of a certain cross-section of the uh, Substack using public um, to, to, to get people's attention in the first two seconds that they see my page. So that's been really sort of freeing um, 
in, in terms of what the platform has to offer. And I can just get on and be really honest with you, with the audience, and be honest with myself about what I want to say, uh, what I want to make, and what I want to uh, deliver via the blog and via this uh, via this podcast. They, they're also introducing video as well. Um, I got accepted to the video beta thing, so I can share video. Uh, let's see how that goes. I'm not sure that's going to be um, a competitor to YouTube. I, I really don't know how it's working. And then, of course, there's, you know, I, I'm sure people are out there asking, like, oh, you got rid of Facebook and Twitter. Why the hell are you still on Instagram? Go read the post. Um, go read the post about the algorithm and honesty uh, because – and I admit that it's, it's not a very – it's kind of a shitty reason to still be using it and I admit that in the post. So go check it out. Um, and besides the reason I admit in the post and, and a reason I didn't talk about in that post, I'm, I might as well talk about it here. With YouTube and Instagram, I, it's not an insignificant amount of people that follow me or subscribe to my – channels on those two channels there's it's over 60,000 i think almost 70,000 on youtube and 61 62,000 something like that on instagram so that's not an insignificant amount of people to potentially be connected to now if you look at the engagement on my posts um if a real a really good reel for me like in terms of you know performance something another thing i hate to have to think about um, when I make things for that platform, but a really well-performing reel for me um, that isn't a dumb meme thing. Like I've done a couple of stupid meme things with trending audio and just as a joke, and they did absolutely bonkers numbers, like hundreds of thousands of views on a reel. So I don't count that as a that, – that's just a uh, an anomaly. That's a one-off for me. So like a really well – quote unquote performing reel will do 25 to 35,000 views maybe. Um, and with over 60,000 people following me on that channel, that's barely scraping the the 50% engagement mark at some point. And I actually have my stats, because there is a stats page, um, for Substack up here. I've only been on it three, I only have stats for three days, November 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, which is today. And I have uh, those three days respectively, 5,093, 7,296, and today 4,843 visits to my Substack, um, which considering, you know, I ported over uh, a you know, fairly modest mailing list from MailChimp, under 10,000 people. Considering that and only being on the platform for three days, I'm hitting an average of well over 50% of the people currently subscribed for free. And I'm creating something that's, that's probably far more honest um, and open uh, with my audience than I have in, in years um, by just being able to sit down and write. So it's, suffice to say, it's all very interesting. It's all very new. Um, your feedback is, is very welcome. And I'm not sure what the next, what the next step is where uh, where we go from here um or, or what it what it all means or what it all does i'm just sort of enjoying the uh enjoying the newness of it i hope that doesn't wear off because i'm really excited about it and um it's really i actually look forward to now the last few days sitting down to write the post sort of the the, the afternoon before and, and then letting it go live the next morning at 9 a.m pacific time here in los angeles um 
yeah, I'm not sure how realistic the the one a day thing is. Um, I'm not sure if I'm on that Seth Godin level of output and consistency, or if even if I have that much to say. When I when I do have something to say, of course I'll say it. Um, I also don't want to feel like I'm spamming the audience at all. I think maybe getting an email every single day is a little much. I'm hoping that Substack introduce some uh, notification, like user notification options to where you could say, hey, you know what, I'll, I'll take an email once a week. And then even if I posted seven times, you only get one email and you can go back and pick out some titles that you dig and, and read them. Let's see. Uh, I also don't know what's happening with this first episode of the podcast being hosted from there as well. I had to change my RSS feed. Got to make sure it goes out to Apple and to Spotify and, you know, what the what the response is to that. You know, if I post it today, there's already been a blog post. So posting a podcast as well. It's going to be two things in one day. Is that too much? So all questions I know will be answered in good time, probably very quickly because you uh, guys and girls of the base uh, persuasion are not shy in saying, hey, man, why don't you shut the fuck up for a day or two? <laughs> I'm sure that's coming, uh, even though so far it's been, hey, great, really looking forward to reading the next one. That's been the the, the very positive feedback so far. So I can't, can't argue with that. Feels good. Um, Let's see where it goes moving forwards. There are, you know what? I think the, the 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 most pleasing thing about it is that it feels like already, after only three days and three posts, it feels like it will fit into my life and my lifestyle and my schedule just way better than the fragmented uh, setup of all of those different platforms before. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, Telegram. You know, there's like six things I think right there. Never mind my own website, my store, the bass studio. It's 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 a lot of shit. And hey, don't forget, I'm actually a bass player as well. Like I, I need to practice. I've got gigs. I have jobs. I'm going to the studio. Uh, like there's all that stuff. So this actually feels like something that can be done on the go. Uh, it's not dependent on like don't, I don't have to have video. I don't have to have audio. It's a kind of a cool app. I think you can post from the Substack app now. I'm not sure, but I know they're working on that. So really, it's, it's an on-the-go thing that I think can provide a lot of quality information uh, from a very simple kind of um, very simple back end, a simple delivery system. So yeah, I hope I hope like me, you're into reading. You know, that's kind of uh, something. I've always been into it, something I've slipped in and out of with time constraints and just lack of sleep as a new dad this past year. Uh, but I do like reading and um, I'm, I'm finding some really interesting things in real niche areas on Substack, some wristwatch things that I'm, you know, pretty nerdily into. And uh, there's this guy, Ted Joyer, who I you know first kind of heard about Substack from and, you know, listening to some, reading some of his, his work, for instance, it's, yeah, it feels like less noise and really sort of well curated information if you find the right lane. I think I think that's it as well. It's like it's kind of on you to find find the thing you like, right? That's that's what I'm noticing. Like nobody's like suggesting it. It's not a suggested or recommended this that and the other thing. I mean, I think you have that option. You can go and see people's recommendations or I can recommend channels on my Substack to other people, but it's not that constantly being bashed over the head by the algorithm you know populating a feed of fucking utterly useless information 
that I don't really need, don't care about, but somehow get sucked into, um, you know, whether that's on, on the artist side, playing the game, um, when I'm, when I'm making things for those platforms or the user side, when I'm like, my, you know, my daughter's falling asleep on me in the chair and it's, you know, three or four o'clock in the morning or something and I'm wide awake and can't go to sleep and I'm scrolling Instagram reels and, you know, for cute puppy things and funny car wrecks. I just, you get sucked in so easily. It's great not to have any of that social media in my uh, sort of uh, visible menu bar in my browser anymore. So I don't see Twitter. I don't click on it. I don't go look at the news on Twitter. Um, I don't go scroll Facebook and like see who's playing in Florida or Birmingham or wherever. You know what I mean? Like I'm just not distracted by it anymore. And deleting those, I deleted those apps from my phone a long time ago, actually. And I feel like getting rid of, getting rid of, ah, getting rid of Instagram will like vastly help that as well. Because that's like the main uh, time suck right now in terms of crap on my phone. And also letting go. Like I know I just read off a bunch of stats because I'm kind of curious about the progress, you know, just getting to Substack for the first time for the first few days. But really just uploading it or writing the thing. No, I don't have to upload anything. That's the great thing as well. Just writing the post, letting it go and closing the browser and not worrying about the numbers. You know, just letting it be and letting people read it or not. They don't, you don't have to comment. You don't have to like it. That's It's not driven by that. I think, you know, over time will tell, of course, if the list of people that are subscribed, whether free or paid to the to, to the Substack, if, if, if that grows over time, okay, that means I'm probably putting information out there that people want to hear. Um, that will be, I guess, my barometer. That's probably the one thing I should look at. Are people staying? Is the community growing or is it, shrinking i guess those are you know my only things i should be concerned about uh in terms of numbers and otherwise from post to post or podcast to podcast just throw it out there and let it happen and the feedback in the comments i guess will speak for themselves because people will you, you guys already have on these posts started um started giving me immediate feedback about what you like or don't like about about it and i i, I like the nested comments thing under each post um, it's really easy for me to administer. It's all in one place. It's not six different social media platforms. It's the post, the the discussion. It's all right there. Um, and if you're in and around the Substack on the website or in the app, I did import uh, the Yannick Wasdala podcast um, into it. So there are, or I think there's, I want to say 70 or 80 episodes in there all the way back from 2016. Um, and moving forward, it's, this is the first one. So let's see. I should probably shut up, uh, uh, bounce it down, mix this, and throw it up there and see what happens. Maybe um, I can start thinking about a podcast schedule each week. And maybe it's going to be three or four posts and then one or two episodes of the podcast. Maybe that's a happy medium um, to keep going. And after next week, I'm, I've got one more job. <laughs> one more music job before the end of the year in the books i'm going to new york um a luxuriously long five days in the studio with steve smith doing the new vital information album um can't wait for that uh, co-writing on some things um i guess we'll all co-produce the thing uh, the three of us me and steve and manuel um, i'm guessing let's see 
and it's going to be awesome playing a show also don't forget november 30th if you're in new york i'm playing at the bitter end ticket links in the description of uh this video if you're watching on youtube or in the show notes of the podcast one night only cliff armand and near felder going to be a really fun trio going to explore some uh some new areas of music with those guys and yeah just uh, after that it's kind of all eyes down family time and being creative time for december january february before i start going on the road again in the spring um, so hopefully Substack can be a big part of that. Hopefully you guys and girls, bass players of the world, will will be there with me, um, uh, being a big part of that, and enjoying what's happening, and you know being a part of the conversation. Um, so yeah, check out all the links below, uh, show notes of the podcast or description of the video on YouTube. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed, this is uh, as seamless as I hope it's going to be. Posting this to Substack for the first time. And I'll uh, speak to you guys on the next one. Yeah.